I'm delighted to be joined by former Cork captain All-Ireland winner uh, Trace O'Callaghan who was in Porky Keeve yesterday for a double header of action but of course we're talking about the Munster Intermediate Camogie final and first Trace thanks a million for joining us here in the third half You're welcome Darren uh, Cork against Kerry Munster Intermediate Camogie final first uh, title uh, provincial title of the year and for Cork a 12th crown but they had to earn it they had to earn it and I suppose first of all Darren you know I'd like to compliment the Munster GA and the Munster Camogie and the Munster Ladies Football you know they've come together and I suppose seeing is believing you can talk we can talk all we can about Camogie but for people to be in there and to watch those games and you know yesterday by the time the game finished you know the stadium was almost full and there was a terrific terrific atmosphere and I have no doubt that it helped cock it over the line because you know Kerry won an awful lot of admirers yesterday I suppose first of all you'd say it was a daunting task it was a monster intermediate final and they got the opportunity to play in Parky Cueve so they were playing Cork in Parky Cueve but it just wasn't an ordinary day it was ahead of a Cork Limerick um, Senior Hurling Championship and you know when the game started out at 2 o'clock there was a nice crowd in there because the stadium opened at 1 and you know the weather was poor so people were coming early and getting in so there was a nice gathering of people when the game started at 2 and I think they got they got a bit of a shock when they saw Kerry go into a 1-3 to, to no score after the first quarter of an hour so like Kerry straight away told us that they were really you know up for the challenge and um, you know they put in a great performance it was only in the home straight really that Cork caught them and I suppose really what where Cork benefited yesterday was by the time the game was coming down the home straight the stadium you know was full and there was an awful lot of Cork supporters and they really got behind I know they got behind both teams I will say because it was a very entertaining game but Cork outscored um Kerry eight points to one in that closing, you know, quarter, and they had a huge vocal support behind them. So yeah, it was it was you know it was hard earned for Cork, but um, I suppose look, it might sound like that I'm talking too much about Kerry and they lost, but I think we just cannot lose. Um, you know the sight of the fact that Kerry came to Cork to play this match to accommodate a double header, which is this new initiative with the Munster GA and the ladies football and Camogie, and they really contributed to a, to a great game. And yeah, Cork, you know, were deserving winners because they grew into the game, and um, you know they won out in the end. Yeah, and before we actually talk about the game as well, we have to like give kudos to the Munster Camogie as well and to Cork and Kerry because after the original game between Cork and Waterford in the Senior Championship uh, was postponed, uh, they had to act quick and they did that quickly to make sure that they took advantage of this double header opportunity and for Kerry yes it was in Porky Keeve yes it was a big Cork hurling support there in the day they played their part but also got great exposure for those players going forward Oh without a doubt and you know um I, w- I would put my hand up and say I haven't seen a whole lot of Kerry I mean you know the men the first thing the men were saying around me was there are 12 Clan Morris players on the Kerry team so like that's almost one club you know like we, we just we don't realise what a huge effort and I mean what a great job Ian Brick and a former Kilmiley hurler and a former Kerry hurler and his management team um, are doing down in Kerry you had 12 players from, from Clan Morris to start out with as I said which is almost a club team coming up and taking on um, um, a Cork team. But yes, just to go back to your point, uh, the initial fixture was Cork um, against Watford and it, well, that was to be a Munster Senior Camogie Championship semi-final. Now, I will say that that game was originally fixed for next Sunday, uh, a standalone fixture before the three um, 
uh, Camogie Ladies Football and the GA came together and put put together all these fixtures uh, to coincide with double headers. So the game is originally fixed for the 24th. Now, Waterford, to be fair to them, I suppose they were expecting to be in the league final last weekend. They didn't get there, but they, they kept themselves available for that. This was a weekend initially supposed to be our father and they were to play Cork next weekend. Now, to accommodate the double headers, they had to tweak some of the dates. So, look, eight of the Waterford team were out of the country this weekend. So, look, they felt they needed to have all their, their panel, I suppose, to compete with Cork. Uh, now, that game is going ahead as a standalone fixture next next Sunday. But, yes, um, Munster Camogie come up with the idea then that we have a Munster Intermediate Final. It's Cork and Kerry. Um, both counties were asked would they would they you know go into Parky Creek Cork obviously you know had, would have no problem but in fairness Ian Brick jumped at it and said they would they would be delighted to come up and to fulfil the fixture you know in Parky Creek in the stadium and the exposure would give the girls and you know I think it justifies it, 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 their, their decision because um, you know it, it was a great game very entertaining game and they showed exactly the good work being done in Kerry too because you touched on there as well and even in your Irish Examiner report like 1-3 to no score like players like Patrice Dig and Jackie Horgan we know about they played their part to build up an advantage and all of a sudden Cork would have come into this game as favourites but all of a sudden it was a six point ball game and um, Kerry were in cruise control they were and you know like I mean you know by the crowd the U's and the A's uh, Patrice Deegan buried a penalty in the fifth minute and really it was sublime you know she took it she struck it so well into the top corner gave um, Sarah Hearn in the cock uh, goal, no chance at all. But the people in the stadium, that's them. Everybody applauded. Um, that's good. She is a really, really talented player. She scored from play as well. Like she scored one two, and she's playing centre back. Now she did come off towards the end of the game. Now I don't think it was the reason Kerry lost. She had an injury, um, but certainly if she had seen out the game, you know the gap might have been closer. Um, but yeah, like Patrice Dick and Jackie Horgan at full forward, she was actually fouled for the penalty. Um, some great, great players. Now, they obviously don't have the same pick, you know, we'll say, as Cork. So, you know, while they have some great players, I suppose they don't have the full complement and that's that's where, you know, it broke down for them. But certainly, when the game was over, I thought it was lovely um, when the speeches were being made um the, the, the chairman of the Munster Council asked the crowd, you know, to applaud both teams. And there was a huge ovation. It went on for a long time for the two teams. And you just feel like, God, you know, we're really getting places now with Komogi, you know, when it can stand on its own two feet and when it, when it can be appreciated by, I suppose, a hurling um, crowd like that. You know, it was a fantastic occasion. And it's brilliant to hear that as well because I wouldn't have been aware of that trace but even as we talk about Kerry and what they did in this game of course you mentioned about Pick well there's great Cork players in the intermediate team there'll always be dark horses for the All-Ireland going forward and they did respond Joanne Casey getting a few frees to settle things down Lauren Holman had a great game too and they were back in level terms after a goal they were, yeah, like it was. They, they got back in level terms at, uh, at halftime. Joanne Casey got a goal. Um, I suppose, look, a little bit of inexperience by the Kerry goalkeeper. Now, she batted a shot out and it went out a good bit of it. So it went out 30 yards out the field, but it was collected and Joanne Casey got a goal. So that was a timely score before halftime. So that left it 1 5 apiece at halftime. Now, you thought then maybe that was as good as it would get for Kerry. And Cork, Cork um, you know, went into the. They, well, they didn't go into the lead, actually. It was 1 6 apiece, it was 1 7 apiece. 
piece, so you were saying it was kind of tentative early in the second half. But Kerry got a goal, Adele Slattery got a goal um, in the 38th minute. So here we were, Kerry were back in the driving seat again. Um, but then at that stage, I think, you know, the crowd were kind of getting a bit worried what's <laughs> happening to Cork, and they got very vocal, and Cork, they did, they, you know, they marched on from there, really. And um, yeah, like, there's a, good lot, there's a lot of very good players in, in that in that Cork team, Leanna Sullivan, Laura Cannon, you know, a lot of experience. Joanne Casey as well, um, Lara Holman was playing it for forward, Fanula Neville, the captain. So they've they've been in and out of, 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 of Cork squads over the years. So, you know, plenty of experience. But like Darren, a lot of those wouldn't have played in Parky Creeve yesterday. So it was equally a great occasion for Cork as well. But, you know, that game would have been played somewhere else. So, you know, Cork, um, it was great for Cork as well. And for them to win before, you know, um, such a, a huge crowd. Yeah, and Trevor Coleman, like, look at the benefits of that going forward for their own championship campaign as well. Uh, the scores from play trays, I felt, were the real difference, especially you mentioned the experience, but of course, in that final stretch, eight points to one. Even looking uh-huh. at these scores afterwards, it's the scores from play. While Kerry did get the goals, Cork were just able to find those points from play when they needed them. They did, yeah. They kind of opened up, I suppose, you know, in, in those closing, what, 15 minutes or so. And, um, yeah, like, Rachel O'Shea has been around as well for a while from Carrigaline, another another very experienced player, has played with Cork and Demetri teams down through the years. I suppose, look, they just have the ability, the points of play is Leanne O'Sullivan, you know, coming up for wing back, getting points. Um, Rachel Harty in the middle of the field. Like, those scores. But I think at that stage, like, Kerry had probably given it everything. That was well. Kerry brought on a sub, um... I think it was Katie O'Dwyer, yeah, who scored from play as well. So, um, overall, overall, you know, um, Cork's uh, know-how, I suppose, and just that greater strength and depth was part one for them yesterday. A great occasion to talk about as well. I have to ask you one question. Linda Melrick was tweeting, Aaron Hogg was at his yellow cards again. Were they needless? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm slow to be critical of referees because, look... I wouldn't do the job, so look, I mean, yeah, he did give out a few other cards. Look, all I'll say about referees, I think at the top level, we've got it right, you know, the Senior Camogie Championship. Um, look, Galway and Cork, you know, um, the Division 1 final, that was an absolutely um, spectacle in Crow Park. And I think, you know, the referee on that occasion got it right. Yeah, look, I always say, Darren, common sense is, is what you apply really for referees. I know, look, they're probably, they have to make sure that players, you know, are not injured. And maybe there's younger players, you know, as you go down the line, as you go down the grades. Um, it's a difficult job. It's a very difficult job. But yeah, look, I, I will say, I just thought it was a, a little, there was a, a little bit too much blowing for my liking yesterday. Um, especially when players are in possession, you know, we do have the advantage rule now. And I don't like see, that I see, play being called back you know when players have put themselves in a good position so yeah um, I think you know we're still learning a little bit with that Um, yeah that, that's, that's all I'd say about that <laughs> no worries and I'll, I'll move on from that too and, ho- and hopefully we get more of them let her uh, let play Camogie over the year yeah, Tra- yeah. Trace before I let you go just putting your court cap on for a second obviously you saw the intermediates in action yesterday and you'd be well familiar with the seniors uh, your hopes and your thoughts about the two Cork teams leading into the summer 
Yeah, look, I suppose I think, you know, we, we just we'll stick with the intermediates there. Um, look, I think there are a lot of really good teams in the intermediate championship and, you know, it comes down to very small margins. So I think, you know, Cork will be there or thereabouts, but I do think that is a very, very uh, difficult championship. Look, uh, the senior championship, you know, I'm not just saying it because it's your own county, Darren, but Galway, I think, raised the bargain in the league final. They are the standard bearers and they'll be the team to beat. Cork, you know, will be looking to have a few players back Orla Cronin they'll be hoping to get her back Hannah Looney I think is due back as well um, not so sure about Pamela Mackey so look you know if they got Orla Cronin back and if they got Hannah Looney back I think they would be two vastly experienced players and I think they need them there's five or six players made their debut in Crow Park in the league final uh, so you know that was probably good for them but I think you know Cork have a good panel to work with they've, they've, they've work to do but it's a good it's a good situation to be in Kilkenny will be there they have a few injuries picked up I think um, you know maybe some of them long term so you know we'll have to see how they go Tipperary are a team now I'm looking forward to seeing as well they will be playing you know there's three more double headers in Camogie to go in Munster uh, so they They'll be playing um, in those. Um, they're playing actually. They're playing Limerick uh, next weekend in the quarterfinal of the Munster Championship. I'm looking forward to seeing how they will go. They've been knocking on the door, and I know. Look for Bill Mullally. That's that's no use. They need to break down that door. Maybe if Orla Dwyer comes home for the summer, I might you know uh, play Camogie with them. She'd be a huge addition. So look, they'll be the four top teams at the moment anyway. Um, you know, but I think with what we've seen, you know, it's exciting and, and that's the main thing. I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies Camogie. Now, welcome back here to the third half. The Leinster Intermediate Football Championship got underway on Sunday. I'm delighted to be joined by Leinster PRO, Ashley Cleary. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Darren. How are you doing? I'm good form. And as you said yourself, despite the weather, it didn't dampen our spirits in regards to four very intriguing contests at the start of the Leinster Intermediate Championship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a shame that it was a, a wet start to the championship, but um, four really, really exciting games yesterday. And I was actually surprised the amount of support that actually came out to uh, follow teams. Um, the stand I was in, um, Dundalk yesterday, and the stand was full, which was great to see. That's very encouraging as well, because this is the start of the championship. I know a lot of people might look too much on the outside until the All-Ireland series gets underway. But of course, these are the games that are important, not just for teams building momentum, but also for getting themselves in good positions for those championship draws. Yeah, absolutely. As I explained to somebody on Twitter last night that they, they weren't aware they thought just the winners progressed to semi-finals. But no, like this is important for every county because the position where they finish in Leinster is now going to affect where they go, which group they go into in the All-Ireland series. So there's an awful lot to play for. And also, of course, there's a trophy to play for at the end of the day, like, you know, and eight, eight teams in this competition, a good competitive fair. We'll quickly run through the four games. I want to zone in first on what would be our game of the weekend, Kildare against Wexford. It didn't disappoint. Goals galore in Hawkfield, and that's exactly what you want to say. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, you'd be afraid with it with a day like that, where that was so wet that it would have dampened spirits and probably stopped scores. But that didn't stop Wexford or Kildare yesterday. I think it was eight goals between them. So, uh, yeah, fiercely fought contest in Hawkfield. 
I'd say, but Nasser Dooley probably is getting player of the week across both codes here as well, a hat-trick for herself. But an important result for Kildare as well, Ashley, because they'll be disappointed again not to have got promoted from Division 3 of the league and they want to get a bit of momentum coming into the championship as well. So they, they needed to respond with a victory, regardless um, who was again being the start of a competition. Yeah, I was in Parnell Park the day they lost to Roscommon in the semi-final and they dominated for long periods of that game and they were, you know, gutted, uh, as was the crowd um, when they were beaten. But yesterday was a real statement of intent, I think, that they're they're here, they're going to make the most of this championship and really uh, good response against a really talented Wexford team that um, are probably still licking their wounds a little bit from, from losing the league final, um, but they'll bounce back as well. They've got talent all over the field. Um, Katrina Murray in particular yesterday was very impressive for them. So, um, but for Kildare, no, Nasa Dooley is quickly becoming one of my favourite footballers to watch because she's just, when she's running at goal, there's no stopping her. And as I said, she hit, she hit a hat-trick yesterday. So uh, defenders of the rest of the province, beware. She's she's on her way. Yeah, she won't appreciate us now for outing her there leading into future games as well. But see, the thing with Kildare as well, uh, we probably expect more of them at times. Like, you know, and like they've been knocking on the door for promotion the last couple of years. But after that disappointment, had to bounce back as well. And after a poor start as well, I think Ashley Murphy got a goal at the 12 minutes, giving Wexford the advantage as well. But like when we- when Kildare, sorry, turn it on, they turn it on three goals in five minutes and job half done at halftime. I suppose with Kildare, they are still a relatively young team as well. And I think we need to not forget that. NASA, Aoife Rattigan, they're only players coming, making their name, I suppose, at senior level, you know. So they're the ones that are grabbing the headlines. Aoife Rattigan, I think, scored five points yesterday um, and was a constant kind of threat in that Wexford defence. Um, and th- they're the players that Kildare will be looking to. But I suppose we can't all expect miracles either. They need to learn their trade at senior, at, at intermediate level to push on. Um, but they're, they're they're doing a site of work in Kildare at development that they, they are going to be the, the the movers and the shakers at the, the bottom end of the or the, the latter end of the championship yeah and there'll certainly be dark horses for the Ireland series later in the year they'll be looking for provincial titles first Kira Wheeler also scoring as well but as you mentioned earlier on Ashley with Wexford like sometimes they just have shocking poor results and then they bounce back with massive runs and make finals and all that they responded well in the second half you mentioned Katrina Murray she got 1-1 as well Ashley Murphy of course scoring two goals so like Wexford if there's one county in the country that will learn from bad days out it's Wexford and no doubt they'll be dangerous again going forward in the Zensler Championship Yeah absolutely and they they have a a game against Wexford this Friday or sorry against Carlo this Friday evening that that might help them to settle and get back to a winning kind of winning kind of mentality Um, not to disrespect Carlo they had a great game yesterday against uh, Longford Um, but yeah Wexford they they probably need just to get back into that winning mentality and winning way uh, and then push on for for the, the end stages qualify for semi-finals finish Kildare 5-8 Wexford 3-7 of course just to let listeners know as well actually of course this is two groups of four the top two going to the semi-finals and then on to the Leinster Intermediate Final you mentioned Carlo so let's go to their game against Longford um, look Carlo were a junior team they applied to play in intermediate and it's important for themselves to be competing with these counties even if I suppose no disrespect to them we're not expecting much out of them in this competition um, I think it's probably disingenuous to say that we're not expecting much out of them. They're there. Well, they're, 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 yeah, well, this is, I suppose, because they are ju- a junior county and they'll be playing in the All-Ireland Junior Championship. It's a huge opportunity for them to play at intermediate grades, to get that experience of playing against counties that are looking to 
push on at, at intermediate level. Um, and I saw that yesterday. There was only two points between them at half time. Um, and I know weather and stuff, you might say that was part of it. Uh, Longford got a run of goals early on in the second half, but they stuck with them. So there's some Carlo players there that you'd, you'd happily put on a senior team. Rachel Sawyer, I have a huge admiration for. She's a brilliant footballer. Avine Gilmartin plays in their forwards as well. Um, really, really dangerous uh, footballers that given the opportunity, given the stage, they can they can do the damage. And um, it was probably goals like in the Kildare Wexford game, it was probably goals in Carlo Longford that killed off Carlo's attack yesterday. But, um, you know, it's great for them. It's great experience for them. And I'm sure they'll take that learning then on to when they f- they field in the All-Ireland Junior Championship, you know. And it's that second half too. That's what the tests they want to have as well. We talked about Longford in a moment. As you mentioned, I think it was eight points to six at halftime. Carlo were very much in that match. And that's what they want out with this. And again, I didn't mean to be disrespectful to Carlo, but they want three competitive contests to put them in better stead leading into the whole Ireland Junior Championship. Absolutely, and they're building the whole time. Like their their minor team are running well. They play um a round two game today. They're, the the development going on in Carlo is serious, and they need to push on and play against these so called bigger teams to to push on and and try and learn from. Do you know that? You want to see them in uh, Crow Park on Junior All Ireland Junior Final Day, and it's only by playing these bigger teams, if you like, that they they might get that opportunity. Longford, of course, when they turn it on, no different to Kildare. They're absolutely brilliant and again, great work going on there as well. Four goals, as you mentioned in the second half: Camille Burke, Claude Lowe, and uh, Emer Harney and Michelle Farrell with a penalty as well. Uh, they'll be looking to have a good run of this Leinster Championship. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I've 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 been keeping my eye on Longford because they've been pulling uh, results at underage, uh, particularly, but also in the Leinster uh, Club Championships of late. Um, and I just noticed as I was putting the programme together, there's an awful lot of players that have played in the Leinster Club Championship that are now part of that Longford team. So it does go back, I suppose, the idea of the, the Club Championship being so, so important. But um, Longford, again, the, their schools are building football. Um, they've been in schools finals that they, it's all starting to come together for their intermediate team. Um, and like in Michelle Farrell, they have a, an absolute legend playing football. So um, they've lots of heroes to look up to as well. Um, there's Lauren Maguire plays for Longford, really, really good footballer as well. There's um Claude Lowen is is coming through. I'm nearly sure she's still minor as well. So they're they're building, building slowly in Longford. And it could be an interesting, if they get to it, it could be very interesting semi-finals uh, when we get there. But even at this stage of the competition already, like in those games across all the provinces next weekend in both Camogie and in football, but Longford against Kildare is one that's already catching the eye. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see. They they would have played each other at minor, an awful lot would have played at minor level last year. Um, so now to be playing each other at the intermediate grade, uh, it'll definitely be a, an interesting contest. And one, if if there's neutrals out there deciding where I go this weekend, I'd say definitely uh, the, the Longford venue, probably Calo, but um, there's no confirmation of venues yet. But um, yeah, it would be a really, a really exciting contest. We'll have that uh, fixture up as soon as it's confirmed anyway next week. Certainly a game to look out for. Of course, the winners uh, more likely booking their place in the semi-final. Let's look at the other group. Um, based on our rankings, it might be considered a shock, but of course, Offaly and Wicklow swap places in the league this year as well. And Offaly, after, I, I said on the football podcast before, I was very disappointed with Offaly last year, but they're certainly responding this year. They have a run going now, a big win against Wicklow, and again, a team to watch in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. There's a real push on and 
awfully as well. It's, it's, do you know what? It's actually great to see. 2021 was a huge... Obviously, we we, won, we crossed the board in, in titles in uh, Leinster, winning all the titles. And it seems to have encouraged counties. Um, there's a real sense of, well, if, if Meath can do it at senior level, well, we could do it too. Um, and that seems to be the case in Offaly. There's a real push on. I think they're under new management. Um, and there's a Meath man uh, in the backroom team as well, Bertie McLaughlin. It's good to see Bertie, um, the Offaly team, they, they really are pulling something special. They were brilliant in the Division 4 League final. And uh, then again, Swicklow then yesterday. Um, I know the, the weather probably really played havoc with the fixture. Um, and from a Wicklow perspective, I know they weren't very happy at the end of the game. But uh, no, Offaly did really, really well. I think Marie Byrne got two goals, if I'm right. Um, and Ellie, in Ellie McAvoy, as I said, Rachel Sawyer is a, is a, is a player from Carlo. I keep an eye on Ellie McAvoy for Offaly is, is a special, special footballer um, and is, is really helping this Offaly attack. Yeah, and of course, a great start too to lead two, four to six points. You mentioned it was lowest score in the second half, understandable in the conditions. Wicklow, uh, look, they're moving up uh, a level as well and new management there as well. They'd be disappointed with the relegation in the league. They'd be disappointed to lose that game yesterday. But of course, we hope that they manage to turn that around and find their feet, especially in the intermediate series. Yeah, they, they, they're a team, I suppose, that can never be written off at any time, they've Marie Keeley in the forwards. I think she scored four points yesterday. I find that out afterwards. But they're a, they're a dangerous team to ever write off because they, they'll always dig up something. They came back. The, the, the relegation final they had against Loud, they dominated for long, long spells. They probably just need an extra forward or two maybe that can can convert a little bit more. Um, they seem to be relatively low scoring. But again, at minor level, at under 16 level, they're pushing on. Um, and hopefully that will eventually see fruition as well. Um, I noticed that uh, Lorna Fushardi on the, the day of the All-Ireland Junior Final last year, she said, that's it that's it which is I'm hanging up my boots um, and there she was lying down at half back at the weekend so <laughs> do you know listen there's, it's, it's, it's brilliant fun and they they are a team never to be written off Oh, and it's delighted to see Lauren out in the, back in the field of play as well we look forward to seeing her later in the year finally the game you were at as mentioned Leash against Loud Leash winning 2-5 to 2-2 of course Moan Ernie uh, where did we have a conversation about Leash without talking about her She's a fantastic footballer, but you know what? It was a real team. I had to go and check who had scored all the goals. I was at the wrong end of the field. Um, she, they're they're just there's such a team focus with with Leash that they all had their part to play in it. Um, but I mean Mo is exceptional. She's she's brilliant. Um, but Louth yesterday, I like Leash are very good, and you know I think having the Division Two league football probably stood to them, um, and they were able to grind out the win. But I wouldn't write off Louth. I had a conversation yesterday with some. And they're like, well, finally, somebody sees it the way uh, the way I do. Lau, they're a decent, decent outfit. And um, Rebecca Carr, uh, I don't know whether she came on or she she appeared out of nowhere and hit 1-1 and leveled the game. And all of a sudden, uh, everything turned and Leash were under a bit of pressure. They also kicked away probably eight, nine scoreable uh, chances that on any other day outside of the wind and the rain, um, they probably would have gone over that they could have actually beaten Leash yesterday. So... I think Leash will be glad to have gotten out of Dundalk with a win, but uh, for Loud, they can be very, very proud of their performance because, uh, yeah, it's tough uh, coming up and facing a, a team that Leash, you know, with their their proud history and, you know, they're pushing on, looking to, to get on to senior level that Loud did very, very well yesterday. Yeah, and just before we talk about Loud, of course, with Leash as well, like, well, they did well in Division 2 this year, making the semi-finals. They uh, suffered two heavy defeats as well. So even just to get a win, regardless how it came about, again, to steady the ship and get them going again. 
Oh, well, that's true. That is true. And they did grind out a win. I thought um, Iron Fitzpatrick was very, very impressive yesterday. Um, and Ashling Donagher was very, very good as well. She kind of steadied the ship an awful lot um, when kind of things were, when they were under pressure, that um, they were able to grind out that win. And that sense of team that they have built amongst them, that uh, it got them over the line, I think, yesterday. Loud will take an awful lot of that. They'll be disappointed to have lost the game, but as you mentioned, you're talking about two different divisions and it's a survivor relegation game. To be competitive is something they'll take out of this as well because, again, they'll be using this competition. They'll be trying to win it, obviously, but they'll be using this competition to put themselves in a good position leading into the All-Ireland. Well, that's true. And like yesterday, you wouldn't have actually thought there was such, and I don't mean a gulf, but the difference in level that they've been playing at. Now, I don't know whether the weather was a leveller, but um, now like Loud performed really very, very well yesterday. They channeled the ball um, out wide an awful lot as much as they could. Um, And in like players like Aoife Russell and um, who else have I got? I'm trying to think. I have no notes on on, on the game I was at. Um, Aoife Russell was very, very impressive yesterday. And as was Rebecca Carr when, when, when she made her appearance. Um, I think she's only coming back from injury as well. So they have her to look for, look, look to. Um, but no, they, they've, um, Kate Flood as well is there. And she missed a few frees yesterday. She won't be happy with herself. So no doubt um, their opponents in the next round will feel the wrath of, of her missing a few frees. Um, but no, they're definitely um, players to look to, 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 to ground out the win. And they were probably just unlucky yesterday um, that they, they could have given Leash a proper scare. They look forward to playing Wicklow again next week in the second round and of course before we wrap up Leash against Offaly another effective quarterfinal in one way too and another neighbourly battle that's well worth seeing. And do you know I, I I can't think back to the last time Leash and Offaly would have played each other so that would be an interesting pairing to find out maybe in challenges they might have but in official competition I, I, I don't recall the last time they played so that would be an interesting battle as well and it'll be I suppose a way for Offaly to see how far they've actually come um, against a, a team that, that probably should push on um, and you probably now I don't want to call finalists yet but you know you'd, you'd be expecting to, them to be there or thereabouts um, so that'll be an interesting contest for sure I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. Now, welcome back here to the third half. And as you will know, the championship proper kicked off last Friday evening in the Connacht Championship in St. Crohn's. And Leitrim, defending Connacht champions, beat new League Division 3 champions, Ross Common, 212 to 110. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the Leitrim football captain, Claire Owens. Hi, Claire. Hi, Darren. How are you? I'm good, Claire. We're just saying off air there. Last year we were seeing each other for a chat every second match or so. I haven't seen you in person this year so far, but delighted to get a chance to talk to you as the championship is up and running. Yeah, no bother at all. Uh, the Connacht Championship this year, again, a competitive as we expect. The Intermediate Championship, of course, yourselves, Ross Common, Sligo, Innes and Clare added to the mix this year. It's kind of a funny one, Clare, because like Leitrim are the defending Connacht champions, but you're probably coming into this as underdogs. So a great way to kick off on Friday night with a five-point win against Ross Common. Yeah, definitely. I mean, underdogs and rightly so because Roscommon had that fantastic win in Division 3. Like, they will play Division 2 football next year, which is, you know, well, we would feel like we're a long way off that at the minute. Obviously, you know, disappointed to go out in the semi-final stage this year of the, of the league. So, yeah, it, it seemed like a, a bit of a gulf um, coming up to last Friday. So, really delighted to come out of there with the win. And before we talk about Friday, as you mentioned, I would watch that game against Offaly too because I'd be very familiar with your team now as well and I know the ambition would have been to get out with Division 4 as well. So in that game, and a cracking game, it was easy for me to say when I'm a neutral, but 
you know, it's a hard one to pick yourself up from leading into the championship. Uh, it definitely was, Aaron. I, I very much would try and, and look forward to the next game, kind of whatever, you know, whether it's a break in a, a competition or what, whatever it might be. But um, I think any game that goes to extra time, you know it's a hard-fought contest, kind of so to come out on the wrong side of that. It, it is very hard. It's hard to kind of lift morale as well because you have, every team has ambition of some description at the start of every year. And, you know, I think the fact that we, um, you know, made the Division 4 final last year, like we were under no illusions that we'd get back there without, you know, really working on it. But as they, when you'd been to the final, you kind of, you want to go, you want to try and get back to be given the opportunity to right those wrongs, if you want to say that. So uh, it was very disappointing to go to the semi-final stage. But at the same time, you know, on reflection now, a few weeks on, it, it was a brilliant game to be a part of, like an awfully, a really good team. I think for the neutral, like you say, it was a great match. And um yeah, they're great games to play. Like nobody likes getting hammered or doing the hammering. Really, like those games that are right to the end and right to the finish and even into extra time are the kind of games you want to be playing as a footballer. So, no complaints, really. Like and, and you know, well done, to Offaly. Well done, to Offaly in the allocation too. But even as you touch on the point as well, these are the games you want to be involved in. We want to be talking football at this time of the year and. The great to have the provincial championships back in its full merit. I know it took place before Christmas, the 2021 competition, but regardless of what happens, you knew you were getting three big games here. And like, uh, what a start, because as you just said there, Roscommon, a form team, tails up after their uh, league victory over Wexford as well. And you went in as underdogs, but you went in to do a job and you got it done. Yeah, now I will say, um, just from, from playing Roscommon over the years, they were definitely missing a few very key players. And, you know, maybe I'm sure they celebrated after their big win and right there and so they should. So I, you know, I'm delighted to win Friday evening, no question about it. But I wouldn't um it, it wouldn't fill me with that much confidence playing them again because they definitely were missing a few key players. And like I say, they might have looked at it as well, you know, the league was our kind of aim for this time of year. We'll we'll start off so and, and after winning it we we give ourselves a, a week or two's grace. Um we hear about Roscommon again this year in, in Connacht and if not further on so great to get the win but I wouldn't honestly be taking that much from it because they weren't at full strength um, we'll see we'll see in maybe in another few weeks we could meet again perfectly played down Clary the true pro <laughs> 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 but, but even coming into the game as well up to your target and to win it too but uh, like it, it's great to get the win as well and it was a competitive contest the right way through there was tight at the start and then he built up an advantage was common we're back before half time and Joe I'd imagine the half time team talk as well there's a, there's a battle on here but you're up for it yeah it, it was a brilliant game Darren um, as it, like I, I'm kind of in the twilight of my career so, so every game is a bonus but it was just uh, you know, it's April, but it felt like really championship weather. It was a lovely sunny evening. The pitch was perfect. Brilliant ref, I have to say, you know, which, which I do always think makes such a difference. Like he, you know, like I think everyone's so kind of well primed to go out and, and contest um, in every area of the field nowadays. Like most players, female, male, want kind of, want to know they're in a game. And I just think the ref really played his part because didn't notice them that much, which is always a good, um, a good sign of a, a decent ref. And, you know, the game did flow and it was really exciting. And yeah, just, I remember half time kind of thinking, obviously it'd be lovely to win this, but the way we're playing and the way they're playing, I'm, I'm kind of happy either way because it just felt like one of those days, like I say, real championship season. And um, it was a great game. But yeah, like you said, obviously at half time it was um, by no means the end of the contest and, and you couldn't have called it, I don't think. But um, they kind of had a, a good purple patch, but 
we weathered the storm relatively well. They got that goal, obviously, but um, no, really proud of everyone involved and just kind of, we really knuckled down and kind of stuck to the task. And that'll give something for the team as well because they did, even despite missing a few players, they did keep coming back as well and it took that goal five minutes to go and you kicked on from the goal as well five minutes to go to make sure there was no doubt about the result. Yeah, well, I, I actually didn't, I haven't watched the back or, or anything. I thought it was, I thought it was longer left. It felt like longer than five minutes after it, but um, yeah, no, we were kind of struggling for a score around then and, you know, maybe on another day we, we would have dropped the heads, but we had held them out quite well until that point. So I think maybe we, we went up the field and, and scored. I, I kind of forget, but um, no, it really brought the game back to life. There was a bit of a lull, as I say, both sides, and it brought the game back to life. And it, it felt longer than five minutes, but the last few minutes were, um, you know, tough going. Like it, The conditions were quite tough. It was late in the evening, but it, it was hot. And, you know, I suppose fitness maybe isn't where, um, it's not championship level just yet. So um, it was tough going, but yeah, just delighted when, when the final whistle went and we were on the right side of that result. And as you say, delighted as well. What was the overall feeling of the camp? Because putting the results in context as you have as well there as well, but still, it's a victory. You're writing this on a competition now at the moment as well. And dare I say, one win out of the next two games and you would be in a con final. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about the Offaly game being, you know, quite demoralising when we lost. Equally, any game you win, it's hard not to be delighted with it and, and be very happy. Um, but I know this is very cliche in sport, but but really, like I said at halftime, I was I was nearly thinking to myself, oh, we want to win, but the way we're playing, like we're putting in a performance regardless of the result, and like that's all you can hope for with a team. Like you can prepare, every team prepares to win, every team you know trains and does everything they can, but on a match day all you're hoping for is that you show what you're capable of and put in a performance. So that was the most pleasing thing, actually, you know, maybe slightly ahead of the result um, was that regardless, we all as a team and a panel that were there, girls that got time, game time, girls that didn't, you know, from the warm up, we were really focused and we put in a performance that we were relatively happy with. Like, of course, there's always room for improvement, but we, you know, just, we did all the things that we, say we'll try and do every day but don't always um, you know follow through on it so very happy with the performance we put in really as much as the result You'd be hoping of course first of many days where it all goes according to plan with the performance as well and of course as we mentioned how competitive this competition is and of course Clare uh, welcomed into the Connacht Championship this year as well they're a Division 2 team going down but uh, regulars up there competing for the Intermediate Championship in the closing stages you're going to get another uh, big game in Drumoda next Sunday yeah, and we had a, put in a serious battle with Clare last season um, over in Duggan Park and again, another another great day to be on a football field that was um, really closely fought and you know we, we were lucky to come out on top that day. I saw Clare in that relegation game against Tyrone a few weeks back. Um, you know, a, re- a really, really well-organised team, like just watching them in the warm-up and kind of how they conduct themselves um, very professionally. They, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure how they're going to approach the championship. Like they don't really have skin in the game when you think of it being a kind of championship. Um, but they'll be very glad of getting game time, which they wouldn't otherwise because they're kind of by default they are monster champions. Um, so yeah, look, it, it, look, it's a, it's a, it's better than a challenge, and you, you realistically wouldn't get a challenge at this time of year against a team. So we're, we're really looking forward to next weekend.
And they'll be they'll be dangerous as well, though, even if they're going to take me amongst their champions in regards to the seeding for the All-Ireland series, because they had that hurt from that game against Tyrone as well. Results just didn't go according to plan for them in the league too. And they didn't play Sligo this weekend. So, you know, they, they're making their bow in this competition as well. And they'll want to make an impression. Oh, of course. And I mean, for us too, you know, you're kind of thinking All-Ireland series, who knows what way, like you say, with the seeding and the, and the results, what way that's going to actually pan out. So, of course, it's not it's not a game to be taken lightly for them or for us. And, you know, I'd like to think that we both will use it as a kind of a really useful exercise. And, um, yeah, I know I do know, I, I heard their manager speaking before about kind of how their focus really was on the championship just before they played that relegation game. But I'm sure they were disappointed. Like, in ladies football, when you have to win the final to be promoted, nobody wants to go down a division. Like, we can't go. We are in Division 4, but we're obviously looking to always get out of it. So... I'm sure they were disappointed, but um, yeah, they'll be raring to go, I'd say, on Sunday because, like you say, they didn't get to play Sligo and they're preparing for a championship the same as everybody is, so they'll be very glad, I hope, to be involved and we'll we'll welcome them to Leach from with open arms. I've no doubt as well there'll be great atmosphere too that day we'll be looking forward to keeping an eye on it Claire before I let you go it might be a silly question but I'll ask it anyway obviously the league would have been a target that you haven't hit but from here on in what's the target or is that just silly is the target Crow Parker like where will be a good year from Leitrim from here on in well look you know the Connacht Championship last year the contest was was one game and we came out on top that day but um you know, personally, I'd love to win a kind of championship. Like like you mentioned at the start of this, um, it's actually a while since we had a properly competitive championship at Connacht level because it hadn't didn't happen with COVID and things like that. And then prior to that, we were, you know, you know, in 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 Leitrim, we were really struggling to even put out a team. So it's been a long time since Roscommon, Sligo, and Leitrim are, were involved in a championship together and all in with a really good shout. So right now, I suppose the 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 aim is to get back to a Connacht final um, and you know that cup is ours for the time being and I'd love for it to stay in Leitrim for the 2022 season and to really feel like we won a Connacht final like we were delighted with it it was a nice Christmas present or an early one for, for um, that matter but I'd like to feel really worthy of being Connacht champions <laughs> 